0: Okay, boys and girls, sports fans, we're in the bowels of a very dark building in Battersea and I'm with Rod Drury, CEO of Zero. Good to see you again, Rod.
1: Hey, Dennis. Nice coming.
0: Not been so long, has it? <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking today very specifically about business intelligence, BI for the masses, yep. um, for these small um, shops. What
1: are you talking about? Yeah, so what we're we're bringing to life this afternoon is big data for small business. And this has been a challenge we've been working on, as you know, for the last sort of three to five years because there's a lot of things that need to come together. First one is, um, obviously, we need had a geo code and industry code in you know, our 400,000 plus clients. So when small businesses come on, they don't want to tell you too much. And this is when we ran into our first roadblock. They're actually, the, the standard industry codes don't work very well. And um, so some of the work that we've been doing, which will come out over the next few months, is we've um, been building up a set of um, more uh, contemporary Industry codes. If you know, if you go down now, you'll find horse-drawn cart drivers, uh, chimney sweeps, and everyone codes themselves to professional services. Other. So we need to sort of fix that. Yep. So we've been doing quite a bit of work in that, and that'll come out over the next few months. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. the the, the, uh, the second thing we need to know is are uh, you geocode, and that allows you to say, look, your part. Um, in your local area there's 50 other plumbers would you like to voluntarily opt into an, an anonymous benchmarking group the geo codes are actually quite easy we can say on um, online and in, I'm um, invoicing put your google map on so we can ask a question and find that information right. so so there's some work we've done there the next dimension is um, is that every small business has a different chart of accounts so how do you actually compare apples with apples and aggregate data for benchmarking so uh, some of the work we've done over the last three years is um, to build an abstraction of chart of accounts which we call uh, report codes and we do that for each country and as the um, and the way that that works is as um, accountants do final um, accounts production they take those individual chart of accounts they link the chart of accounts item to uh, report codes and the payback for the um, accounting industry is then they can have standard report packs which allow them, once that classification is done, to actually run reports over their entire base. That creates a huge productivity win for um, accountants, but it's also crowdsourcing the cleansing up of all of that data. So, as we show our reporting framework this afternoon, you'll start seeing that sort of come together. Then, the third thing we've been doing is um, you know, when we looked at what we could do with all this, we had now over 500 terabytes, $300 billion of financial transactions sitting there. Um, You know, how can we surface some really interesting data insights from that? And what we realized was the um, accounting industry has had kind of standard uh, financial ratios, there's sort of 50 standard ratios. You know, so average time to get paid, uh, your turnover, uh, your debt equity, average revenue per square meter, average revenue for, for an employee. And the big thing we're showing today is sort of more around that stuff. So what we've done is next to the transactional system, which is hard to calculate all that data, we've stood up a uh, business intelligence um, environment and we've gone and calculated all of those standard ratios. And then what we've done, but what we've done even more than that is we've calculated them over a point in time. So we're, so it's not in, not so important what that actual ratio number is. What is important is how it's trending over time. And uh, so for all of our customers, we start to surface that information, and this creates a huge opportunity for accountants and bookkeepers now to have a very different conversation with their customers.
0: Right. Okay. That is hellish complicated. Yes. So you've got what we would call this massive data warehouse. I mean, you're now, really. I mean, think about it for a minute, Rob. The amount of data that you are have to puts you in the top five, 10% of companies in the world, doesn't it, really? I mean, half a petabyte of data is not trivial by any stretch of the imagination, is it? Yeah. It's a lot of data.
1: Yeah, and I think it's more relevant because if you think about small... And it's only going to get worse. Yeah, so 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 data for small business has never existed in a single place yeah, before. Right, right. It used to be fragmented onto a whole lot of different desktops. Yeah. So information that governments know about small businesses really comes from um, from from business out a government interactions like tax returns and stats filing yeah. and by survey, but we've got the actual data and what's really revealing is it's not just about the small business data because we see both sides of their transactions, we also know what they're doing with large businesses yeah. so so the, the uh, small business data set actually is, is probably the most accurate data set of what's happening inside all Um, economies. And this is fascinating. The first thing we found actually was that the number of small businesses in each country, uh, and we looked at our data and the amount of trading patterns that are happening there, we think that most governments have actually underestimated the size of the economy for small businesses. And this is really important because this is where new jobs are being created and all that sort of stuff.
0: But there's also the other thing that you mentioned this morning, that is um, knowing that there are bankers in the audience, right? Is it? I wonder how many of you realise just how many bank accounts your customers have got. You think yeah. you're the only ones with a lock on it, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So that data now becomes valuable as well, doesn't it? And you yeah. mentioned also the business of whether you're over or under-insured. That data becomes valuable. Yeah. So yeah. How, do you, how do you see that panning out? I'm assuming that you get the opt-in that you, you're going to need in order to make this...
1: Yeah, so, so the challenge for us, I mean, you know, because we aren't doing zero for free, sure. people are paying us for it, so we don't have to do kind of stupid business models. And we love that saying, if you're not paying for it, you aren't the... Uh, the customer or yeah, the product being sold and I think what's also important because this data is so valuable is we've sort of surround you know b- b- between us and our small business customers we have the our professional Um, accounting industry, you know, with strong ethics and all of those things. So so what we want to do is make sure that we're always providing value to the end customer and to our um, accounting partners as well. So now we have this sort of BI platform in place. Over the next few years, we just, um, you know, offer more and more services and we have to earn the trust of our customers. If they allow us to use their data and if we show them that they get more value back, then we can just sort of uh, continue to do that so what we should see is, is so so you know with some of the numbers we talked about this morning we know that 25% of small businesses on average around the world have a bank with multiple banks, once they get to be more complex business, like five to ten employees, almost 100% of our customers have multiple banks. So the premise that a bank actually knows everything about the finances of their small business is just not true. So what we can do now is actually um, almost price risk, looking at the the financial trading history, how long they've been in business, you can even see their credit card information. So if we can price risk far more accurately, that should allow... Uh, banks to be more comfortable with lending, they can loan cheaper and actually loan to more small businesses.
0: So that in theory would allow you to create partnerships with um, lenders who are prepared to take your data in uh, exchange for certain guarantees around what they were prepared to do from a lending perspective. And that in turn, I would imagine, would then allow the customer, your customer in particular, to be a lot more comfortable about making decisions about borrowings and so forth, which has been traditionally very difficult.
1: Yeah, yeah and I think that it's even stronger than that. I think um, if you flip it around and be really proactive about this, if if a bank understands that online accounting is there and a professional um, accountant can log into the books, yeah. then I think over the next three to five years, it's completely logical that, um, that part of uh, the covenant of the loan is you're on... Um, online accounting and there is um, an accountant that's there and kind of signs you up for the loan and also monitors the loan over time. If that takes place then risk drops materially so they can open up lending. So it's really exciting because I think what we're seeing is it's not just about software in the small business, it's bringing the bookkeepers and accountants into the equation as well and I think they'll actually become the business banking managers of the future.
0: So it's really about turning that Transactional data, which was always there purely for regulatory purposes, and you know, you guys originally started off with a dream of trying to make that as easy and yep. painless as possible, into data that has valuable value for me as I execute against whatever business plan I might have. Yeah,
1: yeah and, and we can basically now um, alert small business owners yep. and their advisors when the numbers, the transactional data, starts to show trends which um, need. <coughs> uh, action, you know, using uh, the notification framework that we've just put out, you can imagine us sort of looking through all of the data and proactively telling people that, that, hey, you've got an issue coming up in six weeks uh, with cash flow, now's the time to look at lending.
0: Well, as a commenter and analyst in this area, I really like that, but as a customer, I like it even more, because I pay you guys as well. Yeah. (laughs) Can you believe it, boys and girls? Anyway, listen, let, we'll leave it right there, Rod, because, I mean, this is a conversation that we're going to be coming back to time and time again because this, yeah. is, this is where real value gets added, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and, and it's so exciting to be past the boring stuff. So, yeah. you know, it just takes so much time to sort of check the box and do everything, which I wish oh, desktop software, which has had 25 years yeah, of sort yeah, yeah. of development. I think we're now there with cloud um, accounting software, so now we can really do the cool stuff.
0: Okay, let's rock and roll, eh?
1: Thank you. Cheers.